0: I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Cook. And this week, I have a fabulous pair of podcasters on the show with me. I'm talking to Zoe and Erica of the HTW podcast, that's Highway to Well. Now, Zoe and Erica are the founders of Blueprint Cleanse, which they started back in 2007 as a cold-pressed juice company, uh, cleanse company. Anyway, and they grew it spectacularly and ended up selling it and now are really passionate about exploring the business of being well and the wellness industry, which is what their new podcast is about. So in this week's interview, we're going to be talking about their personal journey in the wellness industry, about how they started, grew, and sold Blueprint, but also the trends they're seeing in wellness right now. And some things happening in the wellness industry that they're not that thrilled about and that they kind of want to shed some light on through their podcast. So I think you're really going to enjoy this one. As always, you can get all the links to everything we talk about in the show notes at wellpruneronline.com. And don't forget that we're all hanging out between the episodes in our Wellpreneur community group on Facebook. There's almost 5,000 Wellpreneurs in there. It's a total promo-free zone. Occasionally, people come in and promote, and I delete them as soon as I see them. So it's a really safe space to ask questions about what's going on in your business, to talk about that week's podcast episode, and just to connect with some other awesome Wellpreneurs all around the world. I'd love to see you in there. Okay, now let's get into this interview with Zoe and Erica of HTW. Hi, Zoe and Erica. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having us. It's always so funny to interview two people at one time. It feels like I just kind of throw a question out in the air and I'm never sure who's going to pick it up. So this should be fun. We're pretty used to the tag team game. So hopefully we we won't uh, create too
1: much of a disruption.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, it'll be good. So just so everyone knows, you guys founded Blueprint. And now you have a new project that we're going to talk all about, but called Highway to Well, which is your podcast about the wellness industry. But I'd love to start off, if you don't mind, with your experience as wellness entrepreneurs and your journey with Blueprint. So Kind of take us back to 2007 when you started that. I I guess you guys met working in hospitality and then you had this idea for something that didn't exist. Tell us how it came about. Well, that is true. We met in a bar
1: in the less classic way uh, than the traditional meet cute. We actually were working in the bar. Um, That was circa 2001. And we were you know, we were friends and we hung out socially and we hung out at work and we were both working in hospitality to sort of support our future endeavors. And Zoe at the time was a raw foodist, which at that point was kind of something that was, it was pretty much a a marginalized, uh, I would say, lifestyle in terms of dietary choices. And it was, it was pretty unheard of. Yeah. Nobody really knew what it was myself included. It was like my friend Zoe who eats her, you know, interesting snacks in little crinkly little packages with no labels over in like the service bar. Um, And uh, I considered myself sort of more of a, I guess, traditional health person. I just started doing yoga and I was, I was mindful of my diet, but certainly not in the way that we have access to information now, which, you know, it was like the, the low fat days and the snack wells days. But as we sort of progressed into our kind of big girl jobs, I started working in PR, in hospitality specifically. So I was doing management and bars and restaurants and hotels and then switched over to do PR. Um, And I was working with chefs and restaurants and and hotel groups as a, you know, on the PR side of things. And Zoe herself was doing work in communications and writing and and wanting to kind of pursue some screen dreams, I guess we should say. Sure. Um, and I, in, I guess in college,
2: I'm pretty sure everyone
1: d- dabbles in that. Area. Right, right. Totally. So around that time was when Zoe went to the Ann Wigmore Institute, which you can speak to.
2: Yeah, I had um, the wonderful experience of going to Ann Wigbor. So I was getting pretty heavy and distracted by the whole sort of wellness idea that you could heal yourself with food and went pretty deep down that rabbit hole and, and started to study it a bit. And got some bizarre, like lackey certificate in nutrition, <laughs> so that I could have a more official conversation with people who were asking me about my weird dietary habits. And eventually, I, I went to a place called the Ann Wigmore Institute in Puerto Rico, which is—it's not a resort, let's just say that. So Ann Wigmore is a, a pioneer in raw foods. She is a big—she's uh, passed now, but she's a big wheatgrass therapy raw food enthusiast. And healed herself many ailments that way, and so she opened this institute in Puerto Rico for people to come and do the same. And so I went there, you know, early twenties, and was just like, "Oh, I want to learn more about this, and you know, obviously have a nice detox while I'm at it." And so I got there, and everyone was just terminal, and there were about fifteen people, and I was the only one who was not there, kind of as my last ditch effort to get well, and I was kind of shocked. To see the the turnaround um, that that some of these people experience, so I mean, literally, people arrived with cancer and you know left without it. So it was pretty remarkable what was happening there. And you know, I would say that that was probably the point at which I was like, okay, there's something here that is just short, nothing sort of magic, and needs to be introduced to the masses in a way that is not so extreme, right? So it's just like I. I myself was living in the city and, you know, young and partying and enjoying a active social life. And so I was also a rock ruta. So I was kind of straddling these two worlds. And I just thought, okay well, if we can package up this concept in a way where people can can actually take advantage of it without having to change their lifestyle because obviously not everyone is going to become a raw foodist and like start sprouting legumes and whatever else in their bathtub. Or go spend three weeks in Puerto Rico. Or yes, like stop what they're doing and spend three weeks in Puerto Rico living on like blended greens and rejuvalac. So while it was insanely healing, it was also not sustainable. So my way of sort of creating something that was a little bit more of a tool was to create a juice cleanse, right? So concept was pretty much, you know, it was very similar. And I just thought, okay, if we can create something that tastes good, it's not as extreme, you can give people permission to do it for one, three, five days, maybe longer if they like. And it's something that they can use as a tool when they're not feeling well. And, you know, maybe they do it quarterly, maybe they do it once a year. But the idea is that they get back in touch with their bodies, they understand what it is to feel good. Because I think the problem is, you know, so many people feel crappy and they don't know how crappy they feel until they do something like a cleanse. And so that was that was the moment. And I came back and I started testing some formulas and I put a cleanse together out of a kitchen in Brooklyn in Dumbo and found a lovely group of women who uh, paid money for this product and kept coming back every week and telling more people about it. And so it started growing very organically. And by the end of 2006, there was sort of the you know, the, the wireframe of like the website and the product and the branding and all, you know, so it was all kind of coming together and it was like, okay, there's some traction here and this has to go. It has a ton of potential, super sticky. So at that point I had a, this is, again, this is back in like 2006. So this is like for social media when, you know, the big, the big guns were like Time Out New York and like daily candy. And so Daily Candy or sorry, Time Out in New York was like, oh, we want to write a piece on Blueprint, and do so you have a press release? I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. This is really going to blow us out of the water. <laughs> like, and so I, of course, didn't even know what a press release was. And so I was like, wait, Erica, I found Erica's PR. I was like, let's see. So I, I um, called Erica and said, can you write a press release? And at the time, it was like, you know, we had been talking a bit about this idea and. She was, I don't know, were you happy at your job at that point? Absolutely not. No, no. She, uh, I would say she was pretty unhappy at <laughs> her job. So it was kind of like, hey, why don't you quit your job and then we can like do this together and take it to the next level, which we did in you know, the beginning of 2007, more officially launched. And very organically, the word of mouth grew and grew and uh, we were kind of off to the races.
0: Mm-hmm. So it's hard, I think, now when you talk about like a juice cleanse, like they're just everywhere, right? So everyone knows what yeah. that, they everyone knows what that means. But when you guys started this, I mean, this idea was pretty radical. Like the only way yeah, you could get totally that radical. is by going to a retreat or I guess doing it yourself at home or I mean it just Or didn't, standing in line at a juice bar six times a day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just didn't, it didn't exist. And then the other thing that's so interesting now is like, if you, if somebody listening has an idea for a product they want to launch, well, you just start promoting it on social media and that didn't exist really either. Right. So it was such a different environment.
2: Like, I mean, did we do the, just before the, social media.
0: <laughs> well, I know. I can that- I even remember? But no, I'm just thinking like when you first started that, did you a little bit think you were crazy? Because I know with, you know, the whole entrepreneurial roller coaster, there's like, you've got to believe in your idea. But also there's those moments of like, oh, my God, what am I doing?
1: It never seemed crazy to me, but it seemed crazy to everybody that I talked to about it. Certainly like, yeah, I'm leaving my job and this is what I'm going to do because it makes total sense to me. And I feel like this is an exciting opportunity. And like trying to explain it to my parents and friends are like, oh, cool. Yeah. Let us know how that goes. Um, I never, you know what, it's funny because there's never, I, and
2: maybe that's just part of the craziness of being so consumed, uh, you know, and something that you truly believe in is I don't like, I never really had a moment of like, is this a stupid, like, is this a right. ridiculous idea? I really didn't. I thought it was like, I mean, I, I bought in a thousand percent, obviously it's like if I didn't, if it was anything short of that, then I don't, you know, it wouldn't go but I had the same, you know, the same experience. People were just like, what a
1: cleanse. I mean, it was just like laughable. They're like, you want me to not eat for days right. on end
2: and pay you money.
1: <laughs> and I felt like I, you know, when I decided to quit my job, the feedback was like, well, that's such a risk. Like, how are you comfortable taking such a risk? And for me, I guess that the sort of moment for me was like, this doesn't feel like a risk. This actually feels like something In some ways, it feels safer because it's something that I truly believe in as opposed to, you know, especially Mm -hmm. working in PR. Like Mm -hmm. you're speaking on behalf of a ton of companies and brands and some of them you can get behind and some of them you're really just paid to promote. And for me, it never felt like a risk. It was like, no, actually, this is just the thing that I have to do next. And I don't know where it's going to go, but I feel 100% in my soul that like this is the right thing to do.
2: And I think that there's something to be said for the fact that from the moment that I poured juice into a bottle, it was making money. So this wasn't like, I mean, for me, it was just like, Oh my God, wait a minute. This is like a paycheck. Like I found something here that will actually like create money. So it wasn't like we were chasing this, this idea that would someday, you know, pay us back. I mean, I definitely put a lot of money on my credit cards, get it going, but it was, I mean, for the most part, this is a very cash positive business model from day one, which made it Feel very less risky. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the fact that it continued to grow week over week, it was just like, okay, we're not even advertising. I mean, we never even did traditional advertising. No, never. So when you have something that's so word of mouth and growing at like a steady clip, then you don't, you know, it's, it's hard to doubt that this is, the, you know, that there's an actual need and a demand. Mm hmm.
0: And eventually you sold Blueprint. And I'm curious, was that always the plan? Like, did you always have a vision that you were going to grow and sell the business? Yeah, we felt that, look, you know, there's absolutely nothing wrong
1: with creating a business and a product that just continues to, to serve you and to make some money and have kind of like your cottage industry mom and pop experience with something that, you know, feels manageable and the growth feels measured and, and. Ultimately, brings you some revenue and some rewards. But for us, we felt like this is really big. Like we're this is something that has not been done before. We essentially created a category, and I think we had the the notion that this could really become something much bigger than you know what where it was starting. And so the idea was, yeah, let's see how big we can grow this and and how quickly we can scale. And we did it all without taking on investment, which I think is you know that's pretty rare. So it was you know, it was five years all in from launch to acquisition. Mm
0: -hmm. What advice would you go back and give to yourselves in like 2006, 2007? I feel like I would probably give myself the, I think
1: I did it to some degree. And then where I may have missed to some degree, I would maybe go back and change. And I, I guess it's not the same question. I think the advice I would give myself is, keep your eyes open for all of the learning opportunities because they are abundant. And when you're head down and really in the thick of something, sometimes it's like, you just want to get through the checklist and get through the day, but there are opportunities to learn everything, you know, along the way. And I think that I was able to do some of that and, and probably missed some of it because I was too focused on, you know, just like the task at hand.
2: The advice that I would give my former self would be at, Leader later stage in our growth when we, were, when we were pursuing a partner and going through the courtship process with these bigger brands. And I think I would just tell myself to have a little bit more confidence in, in what was built. Because I think during that time, you know, everyone, even if you have this amazing business under your belt and they came to you, they're still, it is their job because they're trying to acquire you or they're trying to invest in you to get the best deal that they can. And so in doing that, a big part of their strategy is to try and like knock you down and tell you how, well, it's not actually that good. Right. They poke all the holes, they kick the tires. that process is, you know, and you're also just, you know, this female who's very young and what experience do you have? It's your first rodeo. You're entering a room full of a lot of suits who have um, you know, NBAs and financial backgrounds. And so it can be a little bit intimidating. And you start to second guess yourself at this bizarre moment where you're like, wait a minute, I should be doing a victory lap right now. Why is this like a soul destroying process? So I think I would tell my former self during that particular moment in time that like, wait a minute, just pause and don't let anyone take away what you've accomplished. Mm-hmm. Amen.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm curious. So I think you guys grew like when you sold the business, you had like 120 employees. Is that right? Yes. Right. So I'm curious, like running this really big, fast growth business. Do you feel like you had time? Like, how was your own self-care? I I don't know if I like the word work-life balance, but like, did you have any? Did you have time to take care of yourself? Was it just crazy? Like, how was that? In retrospect,
1: I feel like we probably didn't do enough, but I think at the time we felt like
2: we we were pretty good. Here's the thing okay, so it's like all it's all relative. So there's, I look back and I so now I have two kids, so I'm like, God, I really took such great care of myself then, and I had so much time, and now I'm just like, oh, I wish I could work out more, you know. I mean, so. For me, I feel like my self-care was probably pretty, pretty good at that point as compared to right now.
1: Yeah, I think that I I agree with that. I think for me, my definition and my concept of self-care and what I actually really need to feel like I'm completely on my A game was not the same as, you know, back then as it is now. So like, that's what I say, like at the time I was probably doing everything I could, but knowing what I know now. I would have. I would like to
2: have done more. And here's part B to that answer, (laughs) because again, that was like 2008, 2009. So. The wellness landscape yes. is so different today yes. than it was then that we were kind of checking all the boxes that were available to us. Whereas there now, there are not that like, many boxes. There are like a million boxes you should be checking every day, and you're reminded of it everywhere you turn. So it's like, did you have your your adaptogens? Did you do your infrared sauna? Did you do your bio? Right. And your, you know, so it's kind of relentless today. I think that is feeling yeah unhealthy.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to talk about that because I think that's one of the reasons that you guys started your podcast also, yes. I Way to Well, is to really explore what's going on in the wellness industry now because it is changing so much and in good and bad ways. Yeah, it's to explore,
1: but it's also really to democratize the conversation around wellness because I think, you know, to Zoe's point, there are just so many boxes that that word should, which I hate. You know, there are so many boxes that we are told we should be checking. And the reality is, it's not realistic. It's not sustainable. And there comes with that this degree of kind of wellness shaming now, where it's like, well, if you haven't done these 100 things before 9 a.m., then you're not really living a well life. And oh,
2: you just feel bad
1: about it. Yeah, which is kind of antithetical to the whole point of wellness. So we are really trying to bring information to a mass audience. It's not dissimilar to what we did with Blueprint and Juice. You know, we didn't invent wellness and we certainly didn't invent the conversation around it, but we're trying to kind of bring it to an audience in a different way.
2: I think we created a nice conversation around
1: it. Okay, fine. But we're, (laughs) yes. Okay, fine. I take that back. We are really just trying to bring topics and information to light in a way that feels like, okay, I don't feel judged. I don't feel like there's you know, dogma. I don't feel like I'm being shamed and scolded and told what to do. And what I, you know, if I'm not doing all those things, I'm doing things wrong. We're just trying to say, look, you know, you have to test things out for yourself. So we're going to try to present this information to you in a way that you can get your arms around it and make an informed decision on whether that product is right for you or this specialist is
0: someone you need to see, et cetera. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think about um, wellness in the social media world. Obviously, I can think of a zillion things that are not good about about some examples of how people are using social media and wellness. But do you feel like there's a, a positive side to it too?
2: Yeah, well, I think there's certainly a positive side, but I don't think it outweighs the negative side. I'll say that. Again, I think it's more of the, the same of this feeling of like, okay, the moment I check my feet in the morning and see all of this you know, aspirational wellness, whatever it is happening, I feel like I've already failed. <laughs> I feel like I already lost the race, you know? So I think there's, you know, to Eric's point, sort of like people have to decide what's right for them and and what their wellness lane should be. But I think we have to just kind of quiet that whole conversation for a minute because it's just, it's just too overwhelming. There's just too much of it. So I think sometimes the healthiest thing you can do is just say no to everything and just do nothing. Start with a clean slate. Yeah. Just forget it for, for a minute, you know, because it's just social media is serving up so much in this category of what we should be doing, um, you know, what we should be buying. Should, 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 should. Be, you know? and you should all over yourself. Yeah. And so it's, it's, <laughs> it's really, I think that piece of it is just so unhealthy. It's, yeah it's negative, you know, I think that's the that's the downfall of social media, but
1: you have to, you have to be, you have to police yourself, I think. I
2: know. And it's hard because, you know, I mean, we're going to find a lot more out in the next few years about how we are at the end of the day, just human beings and what it's doing to our brains. I mean, it's like, sure, I would like to police myself around sugar, but at the end of the day, I'm hardwired to like want it. And if you put mm-hmm. a ton of it in front of me all day, every day, I'm only human, you know what I mean? So there's like a, there's a connection there that I think people need to make. Like we're probably not so in, you know, as in control as we think we are when it comes to social media and screens and how we're responding, what it's doing to our brains, and you know, emotionally and Yeah.
0: I mean, when you read things from, oh, gosh, where did I read that? I think it was like the New York Times. And like, I mean, you've got, you know, entire teams of people in Silicon Valley, the tech companies designing this stuff to be addictive. And it's just, you're you're right. It's like sugar. Like you can't, it's designed, I mean, it just is addictive. So you can't just feel bad about yourself because you can't control it. You know, it's designed to be that way. I just took the radical step again. I've tried this before and I've fallen off the wagon, but I deleted Facebook from my phone again a couple Good. weeks ago. And it's great. It's actually great. Like I can't go on it now when I'm bored. I have to do it for my computer. So I just don't go on. And I find that yeah. that makes it much more conscious. Cautious. I mean conscious you're, use you're of talking
1: it. to two, you know, extremists. Like I I have a Facebook profile that I do not check and it's it hasn't ever been on my phone. Zoe just recently joined Instagram. You know, look,
2: I've never had a Facebook account. I've never had any social media account. And I literally literally this week Started a inst- personal Instagram account. I mean, obviously, we've had it for business and you know work, but personally, I could never bring myself to have a Facebook account or an Instagram account. Yeah, I just started an Instagram account, and a week in, I have to tell you, it's pretty depressing.
1: Yeah, not great.
2: Well, it's and like I also, when you, I took yeah. the
0: alerts off my phone, which made a big difference. Yeah, that I don't makes get an a alert. huge difference. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, but it's kind of like I mean, I hit a point where I was like. You look at the feed and you're like, is this adding any value to my life? Yeah. Like you just feel me. No, it's you feel b- vaguely bad about yourself after you look at it. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, yeah, I don't need this in my life. Yeah. But it's interesting in the business of wellness, also, I think so. There's kind of that feeling of shaming and shoulds in the wellness, like about what you should be doing for your health. But also, there's all these people that are like wellness entrepreneurs, wellness business owners looking amazing on social media too, which isn't honest most of the time, you know, like, oh, here's me running my business from a laptop with a green smoothie and like all this like total BS. And I think that makes people feel, at least my audience, like that can make you feel really bad too about all these people that are doing these amazing things. So I think all around it's bad.
1: (laughs)
2: Maybe I should just take a photo of my desk right now to make everyone feel better about
1: themselves. (laughs) Maybe you should see me and Zoe sitting here in literally our pajamas, even though... Winter. Hey, this is athleisure. It's athleisure. Fair. <laughs> but suffice to say, we would not have shown up to work like this six years ago.
0: Oh. So what are you anyway. excited about with podcasting?
2: That I get to wear my pajamas all day? Yeah. Oh. It
0: is It is way better than video for that reason, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think for us,
1: especially for us, you know, when we, with Blueprint, we were very deliberate about keeping ourselves and our faces and our personality outside of the brand because we really wanted it to live on its own and we didn't want to be two juice girls and also i might add that most of our time with blueprint was spent you know before the advent of social media so there wasn't really even the same type of opportunity or need for it but this actually for us is really a chance to kind of become a bit more you know open and vulnerable and kind of reintroduce ourselves in a more vocal way to this wellness conversation and i've think it's exciting that we have an opportunity to share our own personal stories and our take on things and to really interact with. I mean, we're learning so much with every single conversation we have, which I find really exciting because it's just, it's nice to know that there are constant innovations being made that we have access to and and just getting to interact with really, really cool, interesting people.
2: And it's just a great medium. It's you know, again, in this world of social media when no one's talking anymore. (laughs) And we're all just, I mean, we literally don't even use our phones to talk. We use them to text and like check our feeds. And then we communicate through our feeds and then through, you know, so it actually feels really special to just sit down in a room and have an intimate conversation with someone about a subject that we think is super important. Mm
0: -hmm. And longer than 140 characters.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, like for a whole hour, (laughs) you know.
0: Yeah, it's cool to have a media platform, I think, where you can curate and choose to have the conversations that are really important to you and to highlight those people doing amazing things. I think that's such cool democratic power that we have now to have that voice. So the wellness industry has gotten so, I mean, it's just developed so much. It's growing at such a fast pace. Based on what you've seen and your sense of the industry is there still space? I, I hear from a lot of people worry that there's just no space, you know? Like, how am I going to be another yoga teacher? Or what am I going to do like for another natural beauty product line that's different? Do you think, is it too crowded?
2: No. I mean, it is, yes and no. It is crowded, but mm, it, there is always space. If there's one thing I learned from Blueprint, that it was that, like, it is that there is so much more room than you could ever imagine. I mean, we were probably, I don't know, I mean, we were the leaders for quite some time. And we had a ton of copycats. And, you know, by the time we got into direct or on shelves and wholesale, we had a lot of neighbors on the shelf. And I, you know, Eric and I would just be like, Oh, my God, like this space is getting so crowded. And this is part of what fueled our wanting to just like, you know, join forces with a larger partner was to combat this like insane competition that was everywhere. And, you know, that was so we sold the end of 2012. And at that point, we were just like, this is fully saturated. This market is so crowded. Fast forward, it's like doubled, like the juice shelves in the cold pressed juice aisle. It's double what it was then. So I would say like, no, there's always room because the audience is just going to continue to grow. And right now, I mean, people who are really you know, the consumers in the world of wellness are still, I mean, it's a pretty elite group still. I mean, this has not reached like the masses yet, I would say fully.
1: Yeah, I I would agree with that. Even just based on, you know, the the feedback that we get on the podcast from friends and from people that we don't know that engage with us on social, I'm always pleased to know that like, there's still a lot of learning and educating and interest in things that for us seem like old hat, but for a large percentage of the population feel like, oh, this is actually, this is brand new information and a brand new, you know, area to become a consumer.
2: And I think that's part of what like, the whole like wellness bubble, at least in New York, it's just like, we, you know, we're, we're all convinced that this is all just like old news, but it's pretty new to everyone else.
0: Mm-hmm. I just had a conversation yesterday with somebody it's like, had just discovered wellness and he was like, oh my gosh, like, he's like, I discovered like yoga. And when you eat this stuff, it actually like makes you feel well. <laughs> it's like, and so, and I kind of <laughs> like laugh mystery. to myself, but, and it's, it's like that, that's how wellness grows is this very personal experience people have that, you know, you have that feeling in your body, like, wow, I did something and it feels amazing. And then, and then they, you know, get bit by the bug, fall down the rabbit hole that we're all in.
2: And like, I just got bit by a new wellness bug. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, even I'm sort of like, yeah. still discovering all of these things. New and bugs. I think, you know, like I just got bit by the mushroom bug and I, love like medicinal functional mushrooms now and I really feel the difference and you know it's just, I think there are a million more of those types of things
1: but that said I feel like I still you know looking at the people who are looking to start businesses and jump in you know I would always say like don't start something just because you feel like it's you're gonna make a quick buck like that is the one thing I don't like to see in this space or, or any space really but like get into it for the right reasons, like, because this is really something that's a part of who you are and your ethos and not just because you see that there's an opportunity to make some money, because I feel like it becomes, that becomes transparent. At some point you, it becomes revealed that it's not authentic and that you're not creating this business because you truly eat, breathe and sleep it, but because you saw a way to make a quick buck.
0: Yeah. Well, if you don't have the passion for it, I guarantee you won't have the stamina to see it through. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you brought up mushrooms because I was just curious if you could mention one wellness thing that you're super excited about these days so maybe mushrooms yeah. <laughs>
2: Mushrooms sure yeah I mean I think it's um, it's very new I mean we're all familiar with mushrooms like we eat them and then we have our you know psychedelic mushrooms that we took in college <laughs> but there's this whole world of functional mushrooms that makes a huge difference and they're just Super, they're superfoods. I mean, they're very powerful. Um, so much so that I guess, you know, the entire pharmaceutical industry is using them in pretty much every formulation. Um, we just don't know about it. It's not branded that way. But yeah, I mean, just personally, I've had a, a great. Uh, experience using mushrooms and I like drink it in coffee and I find that it gives me a lot of clarity like just mentally it sort of chips away at the brain fog and gives me a feeling of being energized without being you know without feeling like over caffeinated
1: mm, mm-hmm.
2: so it's a pretty big difference I would say um and I'm excited for people to discover it because uh, it makes I think it's I think they're great
0: do you use them? Have you consumed? So, I've done, I'm really into herbal medicine. And the mushroom that I worked with is like reishi, which was traditionally used a lot in Chinese medicine. But I've never tried mushroom coffee. So, that's super, that sounds really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's I happening. I'll
0: have to check it out. I'm sure we have it here in London. So, I'll just have you to do. go scope it yeah. out.
1: Yeah. And for me, I'm interested in general. I mean, this is not super newsy. Uh, well, it, it is super newsy for some people. This is what I've learned. but. I just think there is so much to be discovered and learned about gut health and gut healing. And I myself had, I did a kind of a big gut healing protocol about six months ago that I thought was just to address a couple of issues that I discussed with my doctor, whether it was like better, you know, digestive health or some just general feelings of well-being. And it turned out that just by doing this gut healing protocol, I was able to address so many other issues that I thought were completely unrelated, whether it was, you know, I was having kind of crazy mood swings that were really not typical for me and that sense of brain fog, even that Zoe was talking about and my sleep. So it was just again, I knew how important it was to have a healthy gut, but I really did not realize the extent to which it impacts. It really touches every single area of your life. So that was exciting for me. And there are just so many products and protocols out there that can help you get on the path. And it really does. I mean, everything starts in your gut. It's, It's not an exaggeration.
0: Eat your sauerkraut. totally. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, awesome. Oh, it's been so great talking to you guys. Can you tell everybody where they can find your podcast and get in touch with you and all that good stuff? Yes, we are our um, social
1: handles are at HTW podcast. The official name is actually HTW with Zoe and Erica, which stands for Highway to Well. We are www.htwpodcast.com. And the podcast is available on Google and Stitcher and iTunes and basically everywhere you get podcasts
0: awesome and you know it is a really good name because ever since i read it like earlier this morning when i really read the name i've had the song stuck in my head which i know <laughs> is so yeah it's it's good <laughs> thank you very oh. much anyway yeah thanks for coming on the show guys it's been really awesome talking to you yeah, thank you, thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur podcast. As always, you can get all the links in the show notes at wellpreneuronline.com, And I'd love to connect with you on Instagram. I've got a Wellpreneur account, but I've also got a personal account, which is at amandacook.me on Instagram. And of course, our Facebook group, the Wellpreneur Community Group on Facebook. You're always welcome to pop over there and hang out with us. Okay, have a great week, and I'll see you back here with the next episode.